We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Before we get started, do you want to say thanks to a couple of our sponsors? Without them, we wouldn't be able to keep the lights on, and lights are so important for a podcast. Uh, CBDRX4U.com, that's your CBD store where you can get the ABCs of CBD. We just did an episode on uh, CBD and THC and how does it come into physical therapy. Did an episode with uh, Dr. Tony Ferrari last week about this as well. If you know exactly how you know CBD, over-the-counter CBD use is affecting your patients, if you know exactly how it's affecting them, then you don't need this. But if you're like even a little bit confused, you want to know. So find them online, cbdrxforyou.com. Get the right information from a medical professional. And also, have your EMR costs grown out of control? Maybe your current EMR just hit a wall, doesn't feel customizable. Maybe it feels like it was launched in 2007. Uh, one size fits all EMRs. They suck and they waste your time, but maybe you just feel locked in. You can't switch. That's where mwtherapy.com uh, comes in. Time for something better, mwtherapy.com. Take a quick demo, no strings at all attached. Switching your EMR, they actually make it easy. So again, thanks to uh, mwtherapy at mwtherapy.com. We're talking amputation and limb difference. All right. Maybe you were given a lecture in PT school. I think for us, it was like maybe an hour or two. Right. But does it need to be more? I think we're nodding. I think you're nodding while you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, yes, we're going to dig into that uh, in terms of amputation and limb difference in this profession of ours in physical therapy. So without further ado, let's get to this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Welcome to the podcast. PT Podcast. we say it's great physical therapy conversations on tap. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Google, whatever the Google's up to, or Napster. No, you have no idea what Napster. Don't get it on Napster. Don't download that. It's probably just uh, software that'll give you a virus. Um, but uh, subscribe to the show. It's completely free. We like to say we, uh, we have great physical therapy conversations on tap. We go across the profession. All right, so uh, make sure you never miss an informative episode by subscribing or follow us on the socials, always giving away and sharing information there at PT Pinecast on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And we just launched our, our brand new physical therapy store where you can get cool things as I'm gesturing to the camera on a podcast. Uh, this nice, uh, this can koozie here, this bottle holder with this great logo that our lawyers have told me to say it might resemble a famous uh, soft drink brand but it's just purely coincidental. It doesn't actually do that. Uh, and that available at uh, ptpinecast.com for the store. Get yourself something nice. Maybe get a, a CI or a student or a colleague something nice within the profession. All right. So uh, we're, we're talking amputation and limb difference. We've got an expert on the show today. So let's bring him in here. An assistant professor at the Department of Physical Therapy at Sacramento State University. Leader of the entry-level curricular guidelines on amputation and limb difference task force. Tor McLeod on the show. Let's get Torin in here. Torin, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great Torin, to be welcome, here. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for taking some time out to talk with us. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, first questions are always the hardest. Uh, what do we have to drink tonight? What are we drinking this evening? What, do, what is what is usually in your glass? You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I, I've got uh, a nice mug here. Um, Product placement is, is, is bonus points on this show. 
my uh my my students tease me quite frequently uh i drink tea and and it looks like bourbon but i drink it by the mason jar size and so they they're they're sure it's not uh but i, I drink a lot of like good earth uh tea I'm a, I'm a big cinnamon fan i like that or you just have an iron liver you are drinking in fact mason jars full of bourbon with your students uh i'm going with a mick ultra please don't judge me i just moved like a week ago and the only thing i have in my fridge i've got mayonnaise butter some milk and Mick Ultra because listen, it gets the job done and I'm just moving. So cheers to you, Torin, no matter cheers. what you're drinking out of a Mason glass. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, our friends at Owens Recovery Science bring you the first round. Uh, they're, they're leaders in certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Johnny Owens, Kyle Kimbrell, and the rest of the team. Leaders in terms of the science and research and spreading good information, making good work well-known. That's what we like to say. We're, we're making good work well-known here in the background. Uh, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com, and they have their brand new resource, their own podcast, is the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Find that wherever good or mediocre podcasts can be heard. All right, so let's start with uh, with with making sure we're using the right terms. Yeah. I want to make sure we're using the right terms. So this is a, a these are topics I should say amputation and limb difference. These are topics that are near and dear to your heart. So let's talk. Let's start with there amputation and limb difference. Yeah, absolutely. we use that. We use those. Maybe some people do interchangeably, but we shouldn't. So talk about those those two different terms. Yeah. So amputations can occur, you know, from traumatic or, or peripheral vascular disease uh, causes. Um, but limb difference is also uh, a, a reason that an individual might use a prosthesis um, for congenital limb differences. Uh, a clarification, we're not talking about like, you know, uh, neuropathy or we're not talking about a, a neural disease or disorder. A limb difference is, is when an individual has, um, uh, you know, maybe a, a rotation or, or a, a limb uh, length difference that requires them to use a prosthesis. Got it. All right. So now we've got those. We've got the terms. Now we know how how this is going to uh, the, affect the the discussions. Um, I mentioned in the top of the show. I think we talked amputation for for an hour or two. I will say this about my neuro professor. And when we were talking about amputation, she thought it was important enough. She she had patients from a local community come in and they talked. And I want to tell you, I graduated in 2016 from PT school. Believe me, I still remember those conversations because. They were super impactful because they were coming from people who had had traumatic amputations. So they left a mark. And believe me, you were paying attention when someone was showing you a residual limb versus, you know, using uh, a diagram or a video. Um, so in terms of education, where do you think it, it, it currently stands? Because this is the world you live in in terms of amputation, limb difference, education and DPT curricula. Um, what, what's being taught? Is there is there more that that, that should be? Um, not enough, and yes, more. Uh, I'm I'm sad to hear that you got an hour in 2016. Um, the the uh, your school didn't respond to my survey. I, I collected a, a survey of uh, all you know. I invited everybody from all physical therapy programs to respond to what is being taught, uh, what their faculty confidence level was with the students, uh, in 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 what they thought um, should be taught. Uh, what was interesting was uh, faculty do spend, you know, it's, it's typically either an embedded uh, portion of another course, like right. a P&O kind of course, um, or it's, a, you know, an eight week. Some schools even have 16 weeks of program. Uh, so very few would have something like an hour or two in a PT program today. Yeah. Now, what, where faculty thought was really good was, you know, uh, folks doing gate deviations. They, they, were, they, they felt their students would be really good at that. 
they weren't very confident with their students uh, uh, working with individuals with an upper extremity amputation or limb difference. Um, and, and they weren't even confident that students should learn about upper extremity amputation uh, care. So, so um, that's sad. That, that, that's, that's something we really need to work on. Um, what would increasing um, you know, th these topics in PT education do? You know, why is this? You know, I guess this is my fancy way of saying, like, why is it so important? We, you know, it's the what, so what, now what? What would this actually really be able to do for clinicians and, of course, the community and the patients we'd be able to serve? 100%. I get you. Yeah, um, there's very clear evidence that eight weeks of physical therapy, you know, two times a week uh, can change quality of life. Can, can raise the level of function of an individual um, significantly, uh, not, just, not just in terms of statistics, but uh, by their K levels, if you remember what that is. Um, their, their K level is you know, whether they're able to, to walk around their home uh, or they're out in the community. So a real, real big quality of life. With 50% of individuals in amputation experiencing severe depression, we have amputations globally every 30 seconds and in the US, uh -huh. Uh, you know, 300 to 500 amputations a day. So lots and lots of amputations. The, you know, we're at uh, two, just over 2 million today amputations, uh, and that's expected to double by 2050. Who else is coming into the, uh, the, the world, the solar system of someone with an amputation? Uh, obviously, we're on a physical therapy podcast, so we're going to look at this. But, you know, we were also introduced to uh, orthotists and prosthetists. Who else is in that world, you know, of, of the person living with an amputation or living with a limb difference? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, and our mission is really to build that community. So the, the Academy's mission is to support both the physical therapists, but the clinicians that we work with, uh, with continued education, because clearly there isn't enough in PT schools with the population that we need to serve. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, prosthetists, social workers, nurses, uh, recreation therapists, speech language pathologists. In fact, these are all individuals I include in my pro bono clinic at, at school. So we do four weeks of uh, you know uh, clinical care for group of about 32 individuals from our community. And with that, we have a one-stop shop. So all, all those clinicians are working together, students uh, mentored by their faculty, and together we serve in, in an attempt to optimize the quality of life towards our vision. That's fantastic. And that's in the Sacramento area, just where, where you teach? That's right. That's right. That's all right. So you alluded to you alluded to something, the, the Academy, the Academy of Amputation and Limb Difference uh, in physical therapy. Talk about that. Um, this is something I think I saw on Twitter, you know, a few months ago and said, you know, started making the rounds on the old bird app. Um, talk about what that is and, you know, w why, why it's seeking existence and you know, why this thing is coming together. Yeah. So, um, so I started a, a focus group in the acute care Academy in 2014 at about the same time, the federal section, uh, started a special interest group. So it's been around for a while. If you look at section history uh, since the 40s and, and before and our, and our centennial here with the education section, all of these sections took about five years to really uh, generate the, the, the numbers. None of them did it during a pandemic, I'll let you know. So, so and, and no new academy has been created in over 25 years. So, wow. so it's, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a hurdle. Uh, it, under totally new circumstances, and there's no historical knowledge. So I have spoken with individuals that were there and around during the creation of pre previous sections, 
but ultimately to the purpose of the petition is that uh, other, other sections aren't currently serving the needs of the population. Uh, and we've had really, really good buy-in, mostly because we communicated with folks, like uh, in, in wound care, we communicated with folks in pediatrics, to your, to your point of limb loss and limb right. It is really the, it's the community building um, and uh, just a, a really, really passionate group of individuals that's growing. It's the, we're really building a lot of momentum for membership that want to, to have more continued education. So this is this is an attempt, and 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 the pro the process is to build a community within the APTA that officially gets people together, members together, to share information, to build a knowledge base, to 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 row in the same direction in terms of improving quality of care uh, for people with amputation and limb difference. Yeah, you got it. A, a special interest group or a focus group just simply doesn't have the resources to do that. Well, that's the thing, right? Because I feel like you could have an amputation and limb difference special interest group. And just for the audience in terms of how the APTA is structured, if you don't know, there's 18 sections in academies, 18, 19. I always feel like when I throw that number out, I'm always like, I think it's 18, maybe 19. Um, and those are things like- we've heard 19. Of- 19. Um, Soon to be 19. Soon to be 19. Eight, you're going to be the 19. Um, orthopedics, geriatric, pediatrics, wound care, all those different sections or academies now. A lot of them are changing their names to academies. Um, and then within all of those are SIGs, you'll hear people call special interest groups. And that's where you go from um, APTA being this wide end of the funnel to getting a little more narrow in terms of the sections and academies to getting even more narrow and into the weeds in a good way with special interest groups, you know, so groups within a group. Uh, so I know like in sports and ortho, you can focus on body parts, you know, knee, hip, shoulder, um, or you can get into, um, you know, pediatrics, you can get into, uh, you know, all of them, all the different uh, sections and academies have them. So I feel like now that we've laid out the map, I feel like you could just go around and have a SIG with amputation and limb difference in, in numerous sections and academies, but I feel like that would be, They'd all be siloed if you did that. They'd all be a SIG within a within a, an academy, and you wouldn't necessarily have access unless you belonged to them all. So I feel like this is this is your way of circumventing that siloing of information and community. I don't have a whole lot to add to that, Jimmy. That was pretty well stated. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the, the really a SIG in itself. You know, the budget for support of a SIG is about a grand. You know, okay. I, I was I was the uh, the chair of the biomechanics SIG and the vice chair before that, and th- there's not a whole lot of resources there to um, to support uh, things like a um, a, a, a curriculum uh, map or yeah. uh, to you know interact with our prosthetic uh, compatriots. You know, um, did you know that a, that a prosthetist can't bill for gait training? Did not. They aren't, they aren't, that's not reimbursable. So, so they use L codes, right? So, so we need to coordinate our education because prosthetists now realize that we're a big part of the team, but without interacting with prosthetists and, and, and uh, um, both learning how the new technology is coming, uh, we're not keeping up to date. Our care hasn't changed all that much since the forties when we had the world wars. And, and really that's our history. Our history is care for folks with, yeah, polio, but also for folks with amputations after war. And, and really, we haven't progressed all that much since. So we, we do know that we can, we can make big changes, but we need uh, more resources and we need an emphasis as an academy to do so.
Yeah. Emphasis, resources, infrastructure, community, right? We're not going to move anything unless we get smart people together with a common goal. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, no one launching a section or academy during a pandemic. You brought up the C word, right? We'll talk COVID-19. Um, you know, how has COVID-19 made an impact, you know, not only in the in the formulation of the uh, of the academy, but how has it affected you know, other aspects? Yeah, that's that's a, another fantastic point. Um, we uh, our our um, Ohio, uh, San Francisco areas have seen uh, tripling or quadrupling of the rates of amputations. Um, and uh, many of those amputations really have come as a much higher level of amputation. So instead of, you know, many, many things that were delayed in care, oh, yeah, I'll see you in telehealth, which, which would be great if that was the case. Or, um, you know, I'm going to need to push you back because there are more priority individuals. Sure. But many people are just afraid or a little bit embarrassed about a wound that's not healing. And so what came in, instead of a small wound that we'd be able to typically heal, it was, it was too far gone. Or there weren't the resources to adequately uh, work with the individual. And so the, the, they just leapt to a much, much uh, um, higher level amputation. So, you know, transtibial amputations are the most common. But what we're seeing today is many, many more transfemoral amputations which is, you know, every step they take is 150% of the, the caloric cost that, that you and I take, right? So it, it's, it's a big, big change. And the life expectancy is about five years. So about wow. half the people who have a transformal amputation die in five wow. years. So, so it, what can we do about that? We, we need to have better care. We need to have better training. Uh, and with a community, we could really make huge differences. Yeah, you bring up, you know, again, and we've talked about it on the show before, which is, um, you know, survival or, you know, surviving COVID is definitely not the only thing we want to measure. We want to measure quality of life. And you bring up a, a really great example of how can it go from wound care to, to, to amputation? I don't think you need to, I don't think we need to hammer that too hard on, on physical therapists. We were definitely taught that. Um, but this is a good example of, of, of where physical therapists are going to be able to make an impact in a couple of years, because what was that stat again? How many amputations per day? Oh, uh, 300 to 500. Yeah. Somewhere in there. That's jarring like that. I mean, that definitely passed the eyebrow test for me. I was like, Oh my God, 300 to 500 amputations per Globally, day. Globally they're every 30 seconds. Wow. Very scary. And, and the, the, you know, what's causing that mostly peripheral vascular disease, diabetes, which we know, you know is, is that is that going down? No, no. We're actually expecting that the this uh, paper will be revised and that it'll be updated. So that we're or this doubling that we're we're expecting the two to four million and by twenty fifty, it's gonna ha it's already happened. We're we're already there. Wow, frightening. All right, so let's talk about resources now. You're on a crusade. You're going to create the nineteenth uh, academy within the APTA. But how about resources now? Where would you send someone if someone's listening to this episode? They're nodding along and going, okay, yeah. I do need to improve. Where would you send them? We want to make sure they've got good information to go towards. Yeah, so um, we're launching a website that's coming up soon. It'll have an education center to it. There'll be both free content as well as content for members and a cost. Uh, currently, you know, there's the, the our Twitter handle, the AALDPT, uh, and uh, we have a Facebook page. So there's, there's plenty of resources there. The, the issue with the current continuing education available 
is that it hasn't been vetted. Got so that we have about a dozen people now on the education committee, which chaired by Chris Durger, who is both a physical therapist and a prosthetist, uh, to really vet education that we're producing um, and, and, uh, and really develop a lot of education to, to provide. All right. So that that's another reason, you know, you talked you talked about resources and creating a community. There's another reason why uh, an academy or something, some infrastructure needs to be created to make sure people are getting the right information, the good information. That's right. Uh, getting a question, more of a comment uh, from from one of our Facebook users uh, saying that the emphasis for prosthetic use and gate uh, too heavily entrenched in the advancement of technology while easy leaving the user experience lacking and incomplete feels that the, uh, pushing the field of expertise too much onto the prosthetist and away from that PT prosthetist team, which I learned from a really great uh, prosthetist in PT school. And they, they he mentioned that PT prosthetist team. Um, what are thoughts on this? Are, are we leaning too heavily in one direction? Are we, are we leaving them out? Are we hanging them out to dry and we're not, we're not jumping in? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So gosh, I, I wish I had, you know, so many uh, of, of my fantastic, uh, the members that I'm representing here to, 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 to chime in on this. My perspective is back to the L codes. Um, you know, uh, it, it, I, I, many, many prosthetists I've worked with over, over the years have, have gone back to a car, you know, car salesman sort of metaphor uh, where, you know, you don't want somebody stalling as they're leaving the driveway. Sure. So, so, you know, most prosthetists will have parallel bars in their office, but again, they can't bill for right. it. So it doesn't matter if the individual leaves and never comes back or is there for months working on their gate. Uh, so really the collaborative experience that you talked about, gosh, if you're looking for a business opportunity or you want that continued education, start, get a stack of business cards and look, get out into your community and start handing those out to the prosthetists you'll get a sense for the folks you want to work with and the folks that you don't. But that, you know, there's a lot of reasons that that could happen. And then just start asking them for help. That, that's, that's what I did. Uh, you know, and, and, and if, you, if, you, if you need a business, if you're, if you're looking for a job, get, get yourself over to the process shop and, um, and help them with the gate training. Yeah. You can bill for the gate training. They can bill for the device and everybody wins. You know, the, the collaborative experience will benefit the patient. That PT prosthetist team. I won't put you on the spot, but you you brought up you know finding a, a good prosthetist. What's what's something that you'd look for in a good prosthetist, or maybe what's a red flag? You know, if you came across one that you would say, hey, maybe this isn't a great one to work with. Things to look for, or things to look uh, for to to stay away from. Any any suggestions? I like to work with people who are fun. Yeah. So me so me, you know, I, I, my preference is to work with people who I enjoy. Um, you know, the 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 quality of care they provide. The um, uh, I, I think of prosthetists as you know some part technicians and part artists, uh, and 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 that artist uh, artistry is something we don't learn in physical therapy school. True. So so working together with the prosthetist, you know, making sure that they're they're designing their device uh, well and that they're they're willing to educate because we're going to have a sense from the musculoskeletal perspective a bit for for you know what may be causing a gait deviation, for example. But having a prosthetist explain to you, sort of run down, well, this is, this is the musculoskeletal reasons, but there's also the, uh, the prosthetic causes as well. And, and, you know, being able to work and bounce ideas off of somebody like, all right, hey, we worked on something. We gained five degrees of range of motion. Would you be available to uh, change their alignment to support their 
continued development. If folks aren't getting back to you or they're not willing to do that, right. that's that's maybe not the right right person. That's red flag right there. Uh, uh, one of our friends as well chiming in on the Facebook group, uh, Aaron Embry, saying that uh, you know maybe a red flag too, trying to oversell top level devices to people that don't need them. Not everybody needs a C leg or equivalent, right? Like, so are you the car salesman or are you someone who's actually trying to to accomplish uh, what the what the patient is trying to accomplish in their lives? Yeah, you know, back to the car analogy is is you know you, you don't if you you remember who Mario Andretti is I do a fancy race car driver you, you don't want them driving the VW Bug like from 1960 that that's not going to allow them that person to shine but also you don't want my grandmother driving you know a race car right, right? so so appropriate and that that goes back to, to that K level at the beginning is is, is the amp uh, is is an important measure to predict with you know, prognostic capacity before they have the prosthesis, what their capacity is to use, use the prosthesis. And then, uh, and then we can use it again to, to try to see, have we matched them correctly? Have they changed in their function as a result of, uh, of our intervention? And, and I was sad to see that many PT schools aren't teaching that. Yeah. I think, I feel like Aaron brings up a good point, which is um, you've got to know your stuff. You've got to understand what's being, what's being offered. What, you, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in PT school in terms of seating and positioning and mobility devices, looking at wheelchairs, um, prosthetics, no difference. There's a, there's a market out there. There are companies that are trying to sell these things. You've got to understand what the VW bug and the, the formula one race car are in that market and then work with a team with a prosthetist. But if you, if you're going to be working with patients who need these things, you want to make sure they're well-informed. Gosh, I, you sound like you're ready to sign up here, Jimmy. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm it's so excited to hear your, your passion for this. Yeah, the, the, you know, there are um, the socket design, really important, really important to understand that. The, uh, you know, where the individual is being supported, um, the, the different kinds of knees, like you're talking about a, a C leg with this, uh, this comment. Yeah, um, understanding how to walk up and down stairs differently with different types of knees. But gosh, there are thousands of different feet, sure. and and most prosthetists only use a few of them. So I don't really try to remember all the feet, but right. I do know the knees and the socket designs and 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 how they differ in terms of the gait deviations that can present. Yeah, and these are things that are important if you're going to be working with these people. You want to know. You want to be the most informed, <laughs> confident, and competent physical therapist. You say if you're going to be working with these people, I think that's a little no. that that's a little funny. I, you know, ten years ago, working with uh, working with students, I'd ask how many of you out on your first or second clinical rotation worked with an individual with an amputation. One or two might raise their hand. It's a hundred percent now. Wow. Well, with those statistics, it's 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 no it's no surprise that they're jarring. Yeah. Yeah, it's a serious thing to to lose a limb, whether it be upper extremity or lower extremity. It, it's it's a it's a big deal, uh, life changing for sure. Um, you literally need to relearn to move with a, a new device. The prosthesis, by definition, is your replacement, right? So it's an augmentation to your body. Uh, as a as a neuro guy, as a biomechanist and a neuroscientist, you know that that's a big big difference. Yeah, well put. All right, well, good luck. We want to, we want to make sure we're up to date. So let us know, uh, you know, on the Bird app again. Uh, make sure you can follow Torin uh, on the Twitter account, and that is A A L D P T on Twitter, uh, with the website and resources coming as well. Um, Torin, are you ready to play three questions? It's a, tr a tradition we have on the show for three questions. Love it. Let's do it.
three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staff. It's FusionMedStaff.com. As a PT, you've got a unique skill set with your in-depth medical knowledge and your fine touch and confidence. You help people, right? You can make an impact on patients no matter where they are, no matter where you are. So let your PT or PTA license take you where you want to go in travel physical therapy. Find out what is available with job transparency now at FusionMedStaff.com. That is FusionMedStaff.com. All right, three questions, Torin. First um, is a where question. Where's somewhere in the country that you just you just love to go once it's more safe to move about the country? Where's just some place that you just chomping at the bit to get to? Gosh. Uh, you know, my buddy just invited me up to Alaska. He's uh, yeah. he's getting a, a new place up there, and, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and Anchorage, Anchorage is beautiful. It is beautiful. I will say uh, Moose's Tooth Pizza Place, fantastic pizza place in Anchorage, Alaska. I, I double Wonderful. double recommend. But where there are people, and there are people in Alaska, uh, they need great PTs and PTAs. Um, and, yes, there are travel assignments. People say all the time, well, I bet you there's nothing in Alaska or Hawaii. Actually, the opposite is true. They do need great travel therapists there. So FusionMedStaff.com. Uh, second question is a what question. What's something you've read or watched or listened to a book, a movie, a podcast, just something you'd recommend that the audience could get value from. You know, I'm in the um, fellowship and education leadership program right now, the APTA and the Bowman and deal uh, leadership book is amazing. Uh, it, it talks about framing uh, any conversation you have, uh, you know, you, you, you are a leader very much. And, and in leading, uh, having conversations with a lot of different kinds of people, uh, trying to trying to understand where they're coming from and the importance of your your conversation is it's it's an incredible book. Yeah, um, I I love that sentiment. I haven't read that book, but it feels like one I'm reading right now for the fourth time, which is Never Split the Difference by a guy by the name of Chris Voss, and he's got this great quote. And it says, every conversation is a negotiation for information. And when you realize that that asking the questions is actually is actually the, the empowering part for the people you're with, it's not be the guy with the most answers. It's be the guy with be the guy, or the, or the girl with the best questions. Yeah, that's like the speed of trust by Covey. Uh, there's there's another good one that, that, uh, that, that it really does recognize, you know, building up that uh, that trust level is so important. It's a relationship game. We're all, and when I say it begins and ends with people, we go to the third question on three questions. Uh, who is someone the audience you think should know more about? Oh gosh, uh, just one. I mean, there's so many cool people in this academy. Um, Make it rain. But uh, Ben Darter is uh, in Virginia, and he's the the vice president. Um, uh, Kavor Pagopian is the treasurer. Um, Sheila Clemens uh, at Florida is the secretary. Uh, all of these people are leaders in care for folks with amputations. Um, their, their clinics are amazing. Chris Durger, I mentioned, uh, is you know one of the three PT prosthetists. If, if any PT prosthetists out there, let me know. Uh, I only know three in the country. That's cool. Yeah, you could say as many as you want. All right, that's uh, three questions, again, brought to you by our friends at FusionMedStaff.com, leaders in travel physical therapy. Also want to say thanks to our friends at uh, Physical Balance and Rehabilitation. That's uh, Check them out at PhysicalFranchise.com. Uh, great statistic here is on, on average, a private practice who joins physical and their network grows more than 40%. A lot of people think if you join a big network that you lose control or you lose autonomy. Not the case. When you align with physical, you get some resources similar to creating a, uh, an academy or a section. 
you're gaining infrastructure and you continue to retain 100% equity in your business and 100% autonomy in running your practice. So find them online at physicalfranchise.com. That's physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. Uh, last thing we do on the show, Torim, is the parting shot. Let's do that. I just love the transition graphics. I just love so pretty. Fitting cube. All right. Uh, parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Love these guys. Um, they've got a great resource now that we're talking about current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. This is the fifth edition. All right. Perfect roadmap from wherever you are in your career to where you want to go in terms of being a better, a more confident, more competent orthopedic physical therapist. A lot of people use it for the OCS as a guide to take the OCX exam. Find it online now at, at uh, uh, orthopt.org. And now you can take the entire current concepts or they're letting you do upper quarter or lower quarter. You can specify if you're like, listen, I only work with upper quarter athletes. They're letting you divide that way or take both. You know, it's up to you again. Orthopt.org. Uh, parting shot really torn your last chance for a mic drop moment an idea, a sentiment you want to leave with the audience, the stage is yours for your parting shot. Take it away. Well, um, I, I encourage you to uh, go to APTA and find a PT. Uh, it, update your information. Uh, include your interest in, in working with individuals with amputation and limb difference. Uh, if, if you're interested in more information about our academy, please let me know. I'm going to be doing town hall meetings uh, on a weekly basis for a while to, to learn more about what your interests are, what your questions are. Um, you know, our, our, our focus is really building that community centered around professional du uh, duty, social responsibility, and inclusivity. So we want to include you uh, and raise our game, you know, do better. And um, that's my part in shot. I love that. Yeah, well said. And you you mentioned updating if you're a member of APTA, updating that find a PT and make it, making sure people, if they use that resource, they have access to people who are skilled in various aspects of PT. One being being working with amputation and limb differences, as Torin has shared with those statistics, pretty staggering. So we're in a good position, you know, in terms of being physical therapists, and we know that this is a problem a lot of people have and will continue to have in the future. Let's get better and be better. So, uh, Torin, thanks so much for coming by the show. I say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for listening to ours. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com.
The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.